This is the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our mission is to connect people to the outdoors, to each other, and to themselves. I'm your host, Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. And I'm Ben Brandell, your fellow adventurer and outdoor expert. We're here to tell stories, share our experiences, and be your friends as we seek to deepen our relationship with God the Creator. Every episode, we'll share stories and practical tips to enhance your outdoor experiences, whether it's hiking, hunting, fishing, or simply finding a quiet spot to listen to God. We've got you covered. So whether you're a seasoned outdoorsman or just getting started, the Men to Be Outdoors podcast is here to help you be more confident and confident. Subscribe now and let's make every outdoor moment count. Welcome back to another episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Brian, with my co-host, Ben, and our trusty sidekick here, Old Red, the squirrel, front and center. Well, he's not really front and center, is he? He's kind of front and stage right. Stage right. Stage right. Stage right. But, he, right. but he is there. He's joining us again for the show today. I think we've got a pretty good episode uh, in store for everybody, so I appreciate you joining us. Today, we're going to be discussing whether or not People really need primitive survival skills. Kind of a kind of a a pop culture in the outdoor world that's really popular right now. The word Huge. bushcraft is used a lot. You hear the word primitive. It's really popular on TV, on social media. Do we really need it? That's what we're going to be discussing. But before we do that, let's give thanks. My thanks is for the spring season that is uh, almost upon us. Uh, Brian's been posting on some social. We've got some flowers blooming already. I saw a bat out last night flying around. Um, I think you got some ticks. I had two daggum ticks on me in February. (laughs) But I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful (laughs) because that means spring is upon us, and it's my favorite season um, where I live. Love it. There's so many fun things for for us to do. Um, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, what I am thankful for... Uh, I definitely love the seasons. It's one of my favorite things about living in the Ozarks is the seasons, and and that spring is close, but man, it goes by so fast, so fast, and I never feel like I'm ready for it. Yeah. But on that topic of be- not being ready, that is what I'm thankful for. I am so thankful that Jesus allows us to come to Him and receive salvation as we are. We don't have to be ready. We don't have to change anything. Um, and, and there's, we do, I'm going to say we do have to change something because we do have to change our heart, uh, in the sense that we have to acknowledge him as the God of our life, um, that he came, that he died to pay for our sins, to pay for our debt. Um, and and then we get salvation. Um, and we, as humans, uh, you know, you and I were discussing this this morning before the podcast that, man, we really complicate it. We really complicate this following Jesus thing. Like he he doesn't make it too complicated. Correct. We add in all these things that we think we have to do, but he says, Come as you are. Christ died for our sins while we were yet sinners. There's no cleaning up you have to do. When you come to him and acknowledge him as God, he will start to change your heart. And that's a, a process that continues uh, through your life. And I'm just so thankful because there are still things in my life, even though I've been following Christ since 2005, I still do, I still slander, (laughs) I still cuss sometimes. Like, there's still things in my life that I know I shouldn't be doing that are not honoring God that I just can't seem to get out of my life. But I'm so thankful that I I have my salvation and that I have a God who's going to continue to work on my heart and change me because he said I can come as I am. Mm -hmm. Thankful for that. Relationship over ritual is, is amazing. It really is, yeah. yeah. The the rich he doesn't. That's the old that kind of that Old Testament style. All these rituals and sacrifices, but man, once we had Jesus and He paid it on the cross, yep. He just wants us to be in relationship with Him, and that is that's re, really freeing because there isn't this weight on your back because He bared it. He bared the weight. He did. Um, really he thankful that. for that this week. Thank thankful. Um, what made me thankful for that was uh, I shared that with my boys. Um, they were kind of asking about what what are things that kill us, what are things that make us die, and. In sharing, you know what? If if you follow Christ, you don't really have to. I kind of got emotional, and when I was done, I was just so thankful. Like we get to come with our mess, we get to come with him, and he and he takes it and and he races it all. And I love that. I love the the that we get to be in relationship. Yeah, that's a good thanks. Yep. Um, yeah, and and what I mean by relationship over ritual, ritual is is kind of we are kind of talking about rituals today. 
um, in regards to primitive. Um, there's a lot of these uh, past time, um, and that's what's crazy. I mean, if we only look 100 years back, that's to me, that's that's kind of this past time, uh, right. not necessarily a 1,000 years ago, but even just 100 years ago of, of these rituals of, of what men and women had to do to survive. Yeah. And is it something that we really even need to do today? Yeah. We'll, we'll kind of bring everybody watching and listening in. Why, why is this on our minds? Why is it in the forefront of our thoughts uh, right now? What have we been up to? You know, Brian and I, we taught a, it was a survival fire class. Advanced. Uh, advanced, excuse fire. me. It was advanced. Um, and because it being advanced, we, I taught some uh, bow drill fires. Yeah. Um, we don't teach youth, uh, it's 8 to 13-ish, that kind of range. We don't usually do a lot of bow drill, the primitive skill side of that world uh, with fire, because it's very difficult. It's um, Well, it's physically demanding. Yeah. It is physically demanding. It's very difficult. The coordination and the strength that it takes to truly get an ember to start a fire with from a bow drill. Um, there, there are adults that can't, that aren't capable of doing it uh, just because of their physical state. So it is hard for most children, kind of that 8 to 12, 13 range, to be have enough physical prowess. I don't know if that's a good word. Uh, strength and coordination to put it all together to get that ember um, but it's still fun to teach them the process, to teach mm-hmm. them how to make the kit, and then to kind of help them. But you do. You actually have to put your hands uh, on their knee, hold it, help them brace themselves uh, yeah. because you got to get after it. Yeah. No, it's it's very difficult. And, and so that's why it was advanced survival. But the reason we're talking about it today is, is kind of afterwards. I was just really thinking about in the future, is there ever a need that – I would need to make a fire and have to go out and find all of that to provide for my family, to protect my family, to survive. Right. And then looking back at the class, I mean, we loved it. It was fun. It was fun to teach it. It was fun to learn. They loved it. We loved it. The parents were excited for the kids. Yeah. Um, But is it a need? Is it a, a skill that's really needed that... We would encourage absolutely everybody yeah. to know. Kind of, kind of the answer to why are we teaching it? Yeah. Why are Why are why we, we offering it? it yeah. Is is kind of what we're looking for here. But outside of that, Ben, the words bushcraft and primitive, like they are buzzwords now. Yes. When we tell people that we teach survival, one of the first words out of their mouth is always bushcraft. Prepper is a prepper. Kind of I yeah. mean, the yeah. it is. If you go on social media or TV shows, Netflix. It's everywhere. It's very, very popular. Oh, there are a lot of people making a lot of money yeah. off of these words, using them in marketing, and mm-hmm. and in our opinion, in some areas, saying things like bushcraft, and then we look at it and we're like, well, that's not that's not what we call bushcraft. Correct. So maybe there's a varying definition there. Uh, but because it is popular, it is in pop culture right now, and because we have recently been teaching it, we kind of wanted to address that idea. Like, do you need to be learning primitive survival skills today. Do you need to be signing up for our classes? We would love you to, Yeah. whether you need it or not. But do you really need it? Do you really need it? So let me ask you this question, Ben. What does the word primitive mean? How you and I have defined it in this current time period on Earth is primitive would be anything that is not made by man. Right. Um, Sticks, leaves, grass... Rocks, rocks. Yep. Um, that's how we define primitive. But there are rituals to that. So when you get into the the word, the deeper meaning of the word, there's rituals to what it means to do primitive skills. Yeah. What do you What do you mean by that? Well, like for example, we taught advanced survival fire, but on my bow drill that I taught the kids with, we used man-made string. Right. So we uh, use paracord as our cordage. On as our, our bow, cordage. Yeah. Whereas if we were to get into the ritual of true what they would define as true primitive skills, we would have had to have made our own cordage yeah, and then placed it on our bow. And, and and I don't know, maybe ritual is not the right word. Maybe it's more like a there, there's a culture. There's a... Or maybe it's tradition. I don't tradition, know. Tradition, there's a group of people that would be like, well, that's not even a primitive fire because you have paracord. Yeah. Now, if you would have taken yucca and made your cordage on your bow, right? which, and I was teaching some of the kids that, you know, that, that there is some man-made material here and... 
uh, some of the kids that were in our class, they had actually been to our cordage class before and actually made some primitive cordage. But what I was explaining to them is that's a whole nother group. That, that makes this even more difficult because you've only got a handful of tries mm-hmm. with that primitive cordage before you're done. Yeah, As, whereas out. with the paracord, 100,000 yeah. times, however long, yeah. that stuff is going to hold up. And so when you're teaching, it's really, really good because you are having to attempt it so many times and you don't want to have to stop and make more cordage and restring your bow and all that. Yeah. So that was that would be my definition of, of primitive is it's not man-made. Um, and those skills, it would be like if, if you had nothing on you at all, except for your clothing, of course. and Loincloth. Your loincloth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you were lost out in the wilderness with no help. Could you find what you needed around you to survive? And fire is just one aspect of right. that. But um, it would be, yeah, finding those natural resources. So let me, let me. I don't know if it's, um, I want to challenge you with this or I, I think I know your answer, so it's not really a challenge. But would you say that over the last several decades with technology, machinery, the industrial uh, revolution, that survival skills and the way survival is taught or really the skills that you even need, would you say that has changed? Yeah, I think it has. I mean, we're even moving into a new era with, with AI that's going to change it even again. But going back to the main question there, has it changed it? It has, like, just just AI, rope ho- alone. Hold rope. on, hold on. We'll, we'll yeah. save the main question. I have to stop you. AI is going to change survival? It is, yeah. Do I, do I need to save this for later in the yeah, podcast? Yeah, let's we'll save do it. A, okay. Yeah. We'll do another. Um, so... If you're watching or listening, don't go anywhere. <laughs> Get into, yeah. I don't know where you're going with this, so I really am I'm intrigued by what you're saying there. But, okay. yeah, go ahead and and answer that question. Has technology changed over the last several decades the way that survival is taught or even needs to be taught? So how you're asking the question, um, yeah, let me answer it this way. So like rope. Maybe the skills needed. Yeah, yeah. The, like rope itself today, if, if you're a climber or a rappeller, um, if you're going to rappel off a mountain or you're going to climb up a mountain and you need a rope, that rope that you're using today is not made by man's hands. It's made by right. a machine. Uh, if you look at the, the sheath that's around that rope that's protecting the, the uh, inner strands, um, no human can make it that way. We, we, have to, we use those machines. And, so, um, and, and even with paracord today, if you look at how the, the sheath of the paracord is made, it's it's not hand braided. Right. Um, it's made by a machine. A machine. So something that comes to my mind is, uh, we have we now have the capability to really do anything that we want with metals. Mm-hmm. Not only allocate different elements for different kinds of metals, but also to mix them together to form them into whatever we want. Um, and because of that, some of the tools that we now have for survival, I think has diminished the need for these primitive survival skills. And the most pertinent example to my mind, because we're talking about survival fire, is ferro rods. Ferro rod is mish metals. It is metals that are mixed, rare earth metals that are mixed up together that humans have done this process. Yes, yeah. And let me tell you, a ferro rod is amazing. It is easy to start a fire with. It's really cool, yeah. They're easy. They're affordable. Mm-hmm. You, If you wanted to have 50 of them and have them everywhere and all your stuff, and then you just probably would never, ever be without one. Kind of, I think that's kind of how you live your yeah, life. It is. Yeah, they're just I've everywhere. Like Every bag. They're, they're waterproof. They're nearly indestructible. You can start 2,000 fires with one of them. Like, Correct, yeah. We didn't we didn't have that 50 years ago, right? Well, I I don't know when they were I shouldn't put a number on that. What I'm saying is probably in our lifetime or our parents' lifetime that wasn't a thing. Right. And now it is. Right. And it's easy to get your hands on. So, if you're good with a ferro rod, which doesn't take a whole lot, and you have them everywhere, why would you ever need to learn to make a bow drill kit and use a bow drill? Yeah. It's the same way with, we have matches today. That's that's kind of the the poke we get of oh you carry a ferro rod I yeah. carry I carry matches I carry a lighter I carry a lighter yeah. yeah and 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 that's kind of the end of the show is, and then Ben says well did you know that there's a ferro rod in your lighter exactly <laughs> I mean it is a ferro rod in there but you know the concept of of 
well, I'm, yeah, I'm giving the end away here, but the, the whole concept of primitive for me is that there could be a day when you no longer have a fair rod, mm-hmm. you no longer have a lighter, your matches are wet, or you have a waterproof match. Um, I guess my case broke. would my my case would be that the odds of that happening are so 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 slim. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I I mean I agree with you. the The odds are slim, but. There are more and more people going into the wilderness. Um, those people are who I'm speaking to directly for yeah. most of this. So what what about the idea, though? I feel like everywhere I go, even areas, we define wilderness. You said that as more than an hour from care. Something happens, it's going to be more than an hour before you get help. Right. We go into those areas, Ben, and and you've mentioned this before, like, oh, man, it's beautiful here. I feel like there's no, I'm the only human that's ever been here, and here comes somebody. Or... Yeah. Oh, there's somebody's fire. <laughs> fire ring they put out. There's up, somebody's yeah. fire ring that they put out. Or, oh, man, those people left part of their chair behind. Or those people, we've seen underwear in the middle of nowhere before, like just crazy things that are always out there. There's a bottle. Those are the skills, like, the, everywhere I go, I find evidence of human, things that have been left behind, trash, pieces of tools or whole tools left behind. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, man, if somebody could really, really, really get into that modern survival world and be able to utilize man-made things, a lot of places you're going to find them. Because since the Industrial Revolution, we have been producing cans and bottles and all these things for years and years and years and years now, so much so that going out and finding some of the old ones is cool and can make you money. But it's out there. You can find that stuff in so many places that you don't think you would. On top of that, because of how connected our world is and because of how fast people can move because of airplanes and helicopters and and all the technology that we have, we are so connected. You can be in so many places really within a day that it's hard to actually get within outside of an hour of care. It's pretty tough to do that. Mm -hmm. So because of how fast we can travel and because of how connected we are with technology, Maybe primitive skills don't have as much of a niche or a need as we think that they do. Yeah, let's let's talk about bushcraft um, within this because primitive, as we defined, is the natural resources. Um, but this this new movement of bushcraft, you need to be a bushcraftman, and and how do I how do I do that? Mm-hmm. So, you know, for us, how we've defined it, um, bushcraft is longer periods in survival. So. If I'm going to have to live off of this land in a wilderness setting, right? it's going to become bushcraft. That's yeah, I the, think the core word there is is craft. Like yeah. you are literally starting to craft and make the comforts of home because this is your new home. Yes. It's kind of how we define that. But so often people use it as, I mean, I've heard people refer to using pocket rocket stoves on yep. backpacking trips is oh a bushcrafting skill and I'm like right you didn't craft anything right you spent three days on the trail which is awesome yeah and you do need survival skills for that but it's not bushcraft not bushcraft maybe yeah. you made a uh, an ember bowl maybe yeah. you crafted a, a spoon or some tongs out of a stick and then made a chair to sit in by your campfire correct now you're starting to think yes. bushcrafty because you're gonna be there for a month and you need a chair yeah. You need a bowl to eat out of. You need some tools to cook and stir your soup. That's kind of what I think of when I think bushcraft. Not so much just using all the man-made things that you've bought. The first thing that comes to my mind is a is a hatchet. <laughs> like that's that when you talk about bushcraft, it's it's a man and his hatchet, and he's going out to take the natural resources and make something, whether it be a shelter, a chair. Um, Whatever you want from comfort to survival, right? Yeah. And but but even outside of that, we teach like debris hut shelters. I don't necessarily think that is bushcraft in my mind because no, again, it's, it's short term. Right, short term. That's why it's just primitive skill. And that's kind of how we define that to help. Mm-hmm. You know, bushcraft is that long term survival. Cabin. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're in the the works of making a cabin or or, you know, some people think a cabin's this elaborate log cabin style. Um, it could be a lean to cabin. I mean. Anyway, bushcraft is a little bit different, but I believe bushcraft is also using man-made items and primitive items. We kind of we kind of bring these two home together, 
And so today in our episode, we're, we're going to be using like primitive and modern. Modern is the things we, we buy today for survival. I mean, it could be the axe or the hatchet. It could be the first aid kit you're carrying. Um, you know, you have your man-made items and then you have the natural resources. And I think it's important to know both. I think yeah. it's important to have those skills. Okay. So now that you've made that statement, you said you're gonna you're going to be on the camp that we do need to worry about primitive skills. Well, you're gonna say that. I won't say worry, but I think it's very important to have the knowledge of these skills. Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Good. Why? So, look at our. Just look at America. We once lived as many small societies that we all woke up to a group of people and we all had to go pull our own weight. Um, farming is just the number one thing I can think of farming. Well, today your subdivision isn't out farming. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. You're going to the grocery store to buy your food. Would you agree that there is a chance that our normal way of living can change and we cannot and may not be able to go to the grocery store at some point to get our food. You know, Ben, I I would definitely agree. I honestly wake up, I, I'm not going to say I, I don't worry about it. It's yes. not something don't, I worry, but I don't I, worry, I, I will say that most days I give up, I give that thought to, man, is could today could be the last day that, that we get to go to the grocery store. So much so that when we sit down and, and have all these meals, like, just think about how my family ate on Saturday, what we had for lunch and what we had for supper. Like, not only did we choose it, it was so good. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't worried about how much we consumed or wasted because I know that I could literally set my fork down, get in my truck, and in five minutes go get as much of what we just consumed as before. But I do worry we saw how our supply chain got jammed up really easily through COVID. We saw that happen. Yeah. We saw just last week how um, people lost. What company was it that lost their cell phones? Oh, it was AT&T. AT&T. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was everybody. If you had AT&T, you couldn't make a call? I don't know. I heard there was a percentage that it didn't affect, but um, we won't talk about today. My, Whether it was accident or on purpose. Um, my point is... Every day we have so many comforts that I do believe are very fragile and that in a matter of just a day or maybe even less than that, just a moment, I do agree and I will say that I do think that they could escape us. They could go by the wayside um, and I think we've seen that, but it's hard to acknowledge and think that because it we don't even realize how comfortable of lives we live. Yeah, even I'm- when we stop and give thanks for it, We've, we're forgetting comforts. Yeah, but even throwing the comforts out, the the just rea- having the needs, the reality yeah. that's going to set in if that was to happen is, how am I getting salt? Like our bodies have to have minerals, and we we overconsume right everything, the minerals and everything that we need, and we could get to a point where we don't even have a basic but people don't eat, i mean we add vitamin d to milk because yeah. people don't spend enough time outdoors right. like w- what's going to happen if if that's right. the case but and so hold no, hold no, so episode. we agree with that 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 is a possibility yeah, yeah I, I i think our system is fragile enough that we could lose our our current comforts yeah and so people may be thinking well if it gets to that point then who cares let me die great yeah. If if that's the case, if if God takes you, then well, then hallelujah. You don't need these skills. Yeah. Praise God. Hopefully that uh, He takes your whole family then, right, mm-hmm. and doesn't leave your your kids behind. But why it's important to me, and why I, I want to encourage people to to know it and learn it, is because if if He doesn't take you, if if you are still here. Um, no matter what the survival scenario is, if you're one of the ones that's still living with your feet on the ground, um, I think it's important to have a primitive skill base and knowledge for survival because that primitive life isn't long-term. And let's go back to the grocery store. So before grocery stores, 
you know, um, people that lived in America a long time ago, they didn't stay in the cold climates. So people are always like, well, how do I survive in the desert? How do I survive in the Arctic? Yeah. Thankfully, we live in America and we don't really have to worry about those because we could freely move and go somewhere else just like the natives did. Yeah. They they didn't just harsh out the winters. They followed their food source. Well, and I think you would see that. If we had a massive, we'll call it nationwide power outage, I think you would see you would see people fleeing from the desert when climate control was no longer an option. You would see people fleeing from up around the Canada border coming coming south. You would see people leaving and kind of consolidating in these areas that are more uh, and that would probably create even more issues. But I do think you I think we actually are seeing a little bit of that now, but I think it would be like completely exacerbated if we were ever to lose uh, power for long term. Yeah. And and so continuing this thought process out you back in those days you had to move with the food you you stayed in that yeah. that climate that was nomadic lifestyle yeah, yeah it was livable right whereas today our home is our home we don't we don't move like all of the land isn't ours so if if we can get back to that point then primitive skills will be really really important as you are moving um with the climate as you're moving with the seasons and adjusting to that right what with current world populations that would be really difficult to actually ever get back to that point. Um, Could be. I think a lot of us probably wouldn't live to see that day. I think there there would have to be just drastic, drastic population decrease. And there would be. And there would be. Yeah. Yeah. But you're saying learn primitive skills so that you're not part of the decrease. I am. I'm also the primitive skill is just the quick survival like we talked about. It's not bushcraft. Yeah. It is just to get me through from this this little point here to here. It isn't long-term. You and your your team, your group, your family, whoever you're with, will have to get back into the mindset of the farming lifestyle because there is no primitive skill. Let me share it this way. I used to run a 10-week summer camp, and we'd have 80 kids a week, and we had uh, six campsites. Well, did you did you, did you you camp for 10 weeks straight, you yeah. yourself? Yeah. Well, we got the weekends off, hallelujah, okay. praise God. Cause five, but for five, five of the seven days a week for 10 weeks, yes, you we were slept outdoors. In, yes. Yeah. Me, and, me and my guides, we all... I slept in wow. tents. But the impact that it had on the land, like when you would start that season, um, you could definitely tell where you had camped the season before. Mm. And so we had to rotate camps kind of like you would with, with cattle because you wear out the resources. So think about this. When you see most bushcraft or primitive shows, it's one, it's one person, um, really, really small groups. If you see that, a lot of times this bushcraft life is like you and or me and a buddy and we're going out and you see these videos of, of, of people, a couple people doing work. If you have a group of people like you would in, in those times, your primitive skills resources, like the resources for that are done. Yeah. Like there isn't enough, gonna, yeah, there isn't enough food it. to sustain a large group of people. Um, you're going to have to rotate. You're going to have to move. You're going to have to use different resources throughout as you travel and go. And and that's why I'm saying it's important to have that knowledge because some people may think you can all collect and gather as one unit and we're going to make it right here. Like that's where it comes in of having the knowledge of primitive. What does it what does it mean? And is it even realistic for this group that I have with me? And is it even realistic for how many I have? And if you have a large group and the resources are limited, then typically you see mutiny within the group. You sure can. You could. Well, at least movies portray that, right? <laughs> I no, I I mean I think Walking I think if we look back at history, if I think yeah. we can uh, we can yes, see right. several you're examples right. Right. of that. But I want to challenge you here with this. We may lose our food supply chain. Mm-hmm. We may lose our electricity. Mm-hmm. We may lose our water sources. Wells don't pump. Water treatment plants don't work when there's no electricity. I still have a ferro rod. Mm-hmm. I still have. Maybe. Lighters. Maybe. I still have 10 boxes of matches that have 500 matches in them each. Maybe. I still have them. You might. What would take them away? So this is this is the classic example. Uh, a real good friend of mine, real good. We, I got to go see him here not too long ago. Went up north and got to spend some time with him. 
Oh, he's our biggest supporter he of the show. Supporter, Just give him yeah. a shout yeah, out. Oh, Aaron Norick. But see, I'm kind of, I, I didn't want to share his name because I'm getting ready to, oh, what's to his, call something out. What's his? Uh, Ninny Mugs. Ninny Mugs. Oh, Ninny Mugs. Oh, Ninny Mugs. He is really bad at keeping track of his cell phone in his wallet. <laughs> he is really bad. Okay, now you're called out, Aaron. I called him out. Love <laughs> well, him he's been death. on the show before. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, you're right. But he he doesn't keep – it's just not something that he's constantly aware of. And I'm going to go out on a, on a limb and, and say I would guess that most people listening to this podcast – probably drive their vehicle and leave everything in their vehicle and then when they get out to go in the store they probably only have their phone and their wallet it's those moments that this stuff can happen it's those moments when you think you've got what you need and you don't that's why we've been advocates to push been advocating for bug out bags take a bag with you take a survival kit have one in your car what do you carry on you Mm -hmm. you know your statement, I believe, is true when you said you'll have a ferret on you, you'll have match, you'll have a lighter, you'll have something on you because you do plan right now and yeah. you think I, and you process. It. Just trying to play devil's advocate a little bit, yeah, for and you here to get to to get you going. But yes, there are moments there are where going you, to be you don't you're going you're swimming at the pool, right? You went and your family and yeah. here this happens. Those are the moments I'm talking about that people are like, well, these resources will be we'll find a way. Hopefully, you do. I mean, if you're still living and have to go through that, hopefully you do because mm-hmm. being behind is probably what fears me the most. That the lack of preparedness, the lack of preparedness of not being ahead to be able to to move forward. You know, resources will will still be here, like we're talking about. That um, I was talking about the primitive side. Let's let's look at the modern side, man-made. You know, a lot of people in those events, if that was to happen, will go to the city. Um, you'll have groups of people banding together. We'll call them tribes. Um, yeah. It'll start back off. You have your families, and then you have tribe, and then empire. You keep using the word win, like like you're convinced this is happening. I only feel that with confidence due to the book of Revelation, that there is a point in time that, that people on, on earth sure. will have to go through this. Sure. Um, hopefully not Christians, depending on how you interpret Revelation, but... Um, Human beings will will probably have to go through this for yeah, sure. I agree. Yeah, and there will be resources within cities that you will be able to use, and and um, we'll be able to rebuild. I mean, later when we have our AI podcast, um, I don't believe that the whole grid will go down. I don't believe that power will ever, ever, ever be gone. Is that just a tease. That's just a tease. Later when the AI podcast comes. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> power won't fully be gone, so you don't have to. You don't have to fully rely on the the old art ritual of primitive skills. Yeah. But to have that knowledge in those days will be important. Now, I hope I've shared enough and I hope I gave clarity on that because I want to I wanna pull back from that and talk about not the future, but right now, why it's important right now. Um, you and I taught and have been teaching kids primitive skills, survival skills, modern skills, bushcraft mm-hmm. for many years now. The skill is really important to know. However, there is so much more to take away from it than just that skill. And that's something that yeah. I think is beneficial for primitive skills. Yeah, we build up to it. We don't say, hey, here's a bow drill kit. Here's how you do it. Go. No, we build up to it. We provide understanding. And that that knowledge and that understanding that comes with that, you're, you're going to say is more valuable than getting down on on your hands and knees and, and getting an ember. Yeah, and you'll see the students that don't want to give up. Mm. When they're trying to make, the only goal I give them is to make smoke with a bow drill. A bow drill is a friction fire. Um, we had students. Uh, the easiest sense is rubbing two Can we stay after? Together. Can we stay after? Yeah, and do want to stay some, after yeah. and keep practicing. Yeah. My goal for them was just to make smoke, not an ember. And they did. And they did. Congrats. They all made smoke. Yeah. Absolutely. But they didn't, they didn't want to quit. Like, there is so much that, that can be taught about life in those moments because those skills are difficult. That's why we have the man-made – some man, woman found a need and filled it by making a lighter. Yeah. I mean – So one of the skills that we teach in this before they do the bow drill is actually to use true flint and steel. Mm-hmm. 
So you actually hold a stone, you actually hold a piece of steel, and you're we made we taught them how to make char cloth. And I asked I asked them before we start this, I tell them, hey, this skill is difficult. Flint and steel. You know, we, we go over, hey, what you see on TV, what they call flint and steel, that's not actually flint and steel. This is real flint and steel. Correct. This is the original match, we tell them. Right. And I say, why do you think that somebody invented and made matches? And they kind of look at me, and I'm like, because this stinks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because this is really difficult. It is really difficult. Um, and, and flint and steel is easier than a bow drill. Yeah. For most these, they were they depending were depending on conditions. They were able to get their char, char cloth started. Yeah. But of course, we walked them through what char cloth is and how to make it, and right. and when it's done, we know when to pull it off. Like we walked them through that whole process, so they had a really good starting point. But they were able to get their char cloth started, so yeah. they could have started a fire, as long as they have the understanding of tinder kindling fuel, yeah, and how to get that how the to basics. how to take the char cloth, but those, the fire. But those basics, the helping them understand that a fire needs fuel, oxygen, and heat, and then breaking down what is our fuel sources, because many people turn to gasoline and, and kerosene and diesel it and never lighter fluid. And, I don't um, even know how many fire classes we've taught now. Like, I, couldn't, I don't even want to put a number <laughs> to it. Yeah. Every single one, we have to address gasoline. Yeah. We try to avoid it. Let's address it right now. I brought it up. We try to avoid it. Never use gasoline <laughs> when starting or or when you have a fire. Yeah. Just keep it short short and sweet. Don't you know, do it. There don't are classes you can take. Well, drip torches, that type of world. But um, it isn't just straight gasoline. It's Correct. It's a mixture. Yeah. So never use gasoline. All the kids out there, don't mix. Don't. You don't need it. You can start off with uh, tender. Mm. then move into kindling, and then fuel wood. But knowing the basics also is going to help you in the modern side of survival as well. Um, that's really was the intent of the advanced survival class, uh, survival fire class, was helping them to have the awareness of what is around me, what heat sources, what fuel sources, and how can I bring them together to, to make a fire. And that's both using primitive and modern. I mean, using both is so powerful, like, but the confidence that comes from being able to to make a bow fire, being able to identify wild edibles, mm-hmm. being able to make a shelter out of debris and surviving a night in it, it is that confidence piece to me that is. So maybe you're saying that the psychological side of gaining a primitive skill may be more beneficial than actually having the skill. So the peace of mind knowing that, you know what? If for some reason something does happen and I don't have a ferro rod or I don't find, have a lighter or I'm more than an hour from care and I can't find a bottle, can, steel, flint, I can't find this, I do have the peace of mind. I don't have to worry because I know how to collect and make a bow kit. So yeah. maybe the psychological side is far more important than the actual physical skill side. Well, that's what keeps you ahead. Hmm. That's what keeps you ahead because you already have the knowledge and you've practiced the skill, so, so now you're ahead. So... If anyone is going to leave the city to go to the wilderness, for whatever reason, camping, for fun, or the crazy, bizarre cities are in chaos and they're moving out into the wilderness, no matter the whatever's taking place there, there are people that die today because of hypothermia. And if they truly knew how to make a debris hut, it would have saved their life. Right. So those skills to me are important because... They're not planning ahead. They didn't take a trash bag. They didn't take a tent. They, I mean, there's so many things they could have done. But if they would have known a primitive skill, it it could have saved their life. Let, let's digest this thought real quick. As we're discussing this, this is the thought that comes to my mind. There is peace in being prepared. That sounds like a T-shirt. We need to make a T-shirt. Did y'all buy a T-shirt if you made T-shirts? There is peace in being prepared. Mm-hmm. But if you're truly prepared, then you won't need the skills. Let me give you an example of what I mean. Okay. There's peace in being prepared. There's peace in knowing that you know how to make a bow drill kit. There's just as much skill and knowledge in making the kit as there is in actually using the kit. Correct. You know how to collect it. You know how to use it. It's a two-part class. We didn't teach them. No, the collection. We, we brought time. the kits. Yeah. yeah. We brought the kits. So there, there's peace in knowing that. And... Now you're prepared. If it once you gain that knowledge and that skill, you're prepared, and, and that brings you peace. But if you are truly prepared, meaning 
that you have your ferro rod in your pocket or you have your lighter in your pocket or you have your bug out kit in your truck you have it you have your pack on work if you're truly prepared then you're not going to need that skill so there's peace in being prepared but if you're truly prepared you won't need the, the skill that brought you the peace it is and i i will be the one that says until it didn't so you can prepare as much as you want to but there could be that one time that you left your backpack it could be that one time when someone stole your pack so the old smash and grab is more rampant than go. ever yeah it is but you know if if you're wanting to start somewhere in survival start modern start with what we already have that man's making what do we have out there learn how to use those tools learn how to sharpen an axe learn how to use an axe what's the difference between an axe uh What's the difference between a blade that's going to chop down a tree versus splitting one to make smaller wood? <laughs> like smaller pieces to, to use for a fire. You know, learn I, the tools of today. And then once you start understanding all of those and know how to use them, now start moving into primitive. Yeah. For sure. I laugh just because my wife and I were watching TV last night and they were trying to split wood with a chopping axe in this TV show. Like like it was, Yeah. I, I, I was I laughing, it. Yeah. so it was just right. funny because it was. I was literally just talking about that last night. And I'm not even saying. And you, you can, you can. You don't have to learn it well enough to be a teacher of it. Yeah. Um, you don't have to know the nomenclature. Uh, you don't have to know the names for all the parts and if the head. But when you have that tool in your hand, how is it's designed to work a certain way? Do you know how that way is? And and that's that's where you should start. The primitive skill side, to me though, is important for all the reasons I've shared. But for today, what's important to me and why I teach it is truly building that confidence up in people. When they get done with a bow drill, uh, there is just this, um, and it isn't pride. It's it's this confidence of, you know what, I am capable. Mm. I am capable. You yeah, know, and, some and, of the kids asked for kits. They wanted to go yeah. They wanted to go home and practice. Um, um, it's the same with the debris hut. When, yeah. you, when, you, when you're when you done with that and you step back from it, you're like, I can do this. Yeah. It's a great way to build that up in your, your people. But but honestly, this, this idea of primitive skill bushcraft where you are alone and you're out and you're just living off the land, that's the only time that it's probably realistic because if you have 10 to 20, 30 people, <laughs> yeah, those resources – you're going to have to move back into the city yeah. and and use what's there until rebuilding takes place, I guess. While I'm thinking of it, it came to my mind because I said that there was students that asked for the materials to go home and they wanted to practice. I want to give Silas a shout-out. Yes. Silas is a listener of the Mr. show. Silas. He loves to come to our classes. Uh, he was really, he's really, really passionate. I call him Baby Ben. I call Whatever. him. Whatever. He's he's like you. He loves to prepare and make packs and and learn these skills. He's really really passionate about it. Uh, but I just want to give you a, a shout out, Silas, um, for for taking the initiative to learn the skills to be prepared. Um, uh, I think there will be a lot of people that want to be around you if there's ever ever uh, a day when we really truly need these skills because he is putting in the time and dedicating himself to, to learning this so much so that he actually helps us teach uh, and assist some of the portions of our programs because he is he, does. He, he he loves to bring and have yeah uh, let me give a shout out to all of our students um all of them are passionate and and love learning this stuff they really do um the reason i want to go out and say call out silas is i see silas being a teacher of this mm. one day He's, he's moved to that level where, where, like all the students, they have a passion. They love it. They're excited about it. They're they're good at it. They're learning and they're being able to do it. Um, Silas has taken it to that level where he's he, he, he will be able to teach it to others yeah. at, at some point, which yeah. is so cool. Well, so. and it's it's great for us to have people shared passions. Um, yes. To share passions with us. So so we we appreciate you, Silas. Thanks yes. for Absolutely. thanks for being there for all the programs, and we we look forward to to more to come. Uh, let me, let me ask you this, Ben, do you truly think that this craze, this bushcraft and primitive skill craze, do you really think that it is because there is a realization from people that they need these skills or do you think it's more fun or cultural than anything? What do you think the, the root of that is? Yeah. Bushcraft, the idea of bushcraft today 
is a, just a marketing thing. It's it's these these kids. They have cell phones that are connected to the internet that they can post videos to. So bushcraft they, is cool. And they realize that it's cool now. This skill is cool. It looks cool. And matter of fact, if I do it well enough, there will be companies that will give me things. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I can then go out and show how to use. You know that is is marketing that is that is what bushcraft has become today and i think it started with tv shows it showed this idea that here take your top 10 items with you and go out and can you live mm. you know and most people tap out that's all because they didn't bring their family with them they're not living there it's it's temporary it's remember bushcraft is long term like if if i was to go out and do it i'm living there forever right I, well, I, that's, 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 that's why I'm going to say that I think the root cause is, is cultural. It's cool. It is. It because is. I don't think people are, most people are forward thinking enough in the world that we live and in the United States of comforts to say, you know what? I may actually need long term survival skills more than just a, a bug out bag. Of, when you build a bug out bag, it's for three days. It's getting to your next place of yeah. where you might find some comforts. I don't think um, most people think long-term. And to be honest, I don't either. Um, but part of that is because I do believe I have most of the skills needed to do that if I needed to. So right. I don't worry about it much. Maybe that psychological side that we discussed that can that can bring some peace. But at the end of the day, with primitive skills and bushcraft skills, whether you want to say it's cultural or it's fun or you need them or there's going to be a whole camp of people that say, who cares? We got lighters and torches and all this stuff. At the end of the day, it can't hurt yeah. to learn these skills and to understand fire. More than anything, have the understanding of food, fire, shelter, water, because there is more than just, okay, here's wood and I put fire to it. Most people start fire with fire. Yeah. I, to bring it all in here, I think the best way to go about this would be if you found a group of people, um, you may even have to start hand-picking them or someone may want to pick you. Ooh, a draft. But you would have to, to become an expert of one thing. Um, you're the expert of fire. I'm the expert of food. And we come together and we go do that because... Why'd you reverse those? Because it's probably the other way around. That probably is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just thinking... You get the fire example. going and I'll go hunt while we're at... Hunting? No, no. You're you're better at identifying wild edibles. How about that? Okay, okay. You, you can go garden, um, which you'll have to do that. You'll have to get into gardening. That'll be so key. Um, you made me lose my train of thought, but you, you, it, you're you talking about getting an each, expert of one thing. Yeah, because you're not going to be so well rounded at all of them, um, and if you're the only one that is, now everyone's relying on you, and the only way to make it work. Do you ever is, feel that way? Just when I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you know what? Yeah. You know, oh, let me give you your shout out. <laughs> All the primitive skills that I have, oh, I've learned from you. Sweet. From from shelters to to water to bow reel, I've learned them from you. So. And now you're there. And now I'm there. And now you're there. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is, it will take a group of people. You'll have to be with a group of people, and everybody's gonna have to pull their own weight. And so it's gonna be important to have people have those skills so that each person's doing what they need to do because one person can't do it all. But with that said, like today, um, there's a there's an aspect of survival <clears throat> that isn't taught. Um, we teach it, but we don't market it. Mm. And it is team development. And team development is the key uh, to survival. Um, you're really... It doesn't, you're, it doesn't sell very good. <laughs> it doesn't sell good. But we we, te we do team development in every program that we do. I yeah. mean, sometimes it's really short and quick because we don't have a lot of time and because they're paying for this one yeah. specific it's, skill. It's interlaced it is. through everything. Yeah. Um, you working with people will be harder in your survival than it will be um, going out and, and making fire. Yeah. Uh, you can even see that in TV shows today. Um, uh, there are uh, the dual survivor. If you want to watch, there's different episodes with different guys on it and just seeing how they work together or they don't. Well, even Naked and Afraid. Naked and I've Afraid. I've seen episodes where they, they completely abandoned, it, abandoned yeah. each other and they don't work together. Um, it, it, it is wild. The, the relational and human aspect of it is, is far more yeah. important than, than even the skills because if, if, you, if you can't work together, you can't figure that out, then 
then probably everybody in your group's doomed. Yeah, and let me let me take one step farther down this expert concept because when I was getting my, my master's in um, organizational leadership, there was a, an idea presented of if, if you are the leader of any business, um, it's important to hire the right people mm. that are good at what they do to be the experts. Like me being the leader of a business, I'm not, I'm not going to be the chief uh, financial officer. I'm going <laughs> to hire somebody for that. <laughs> ding, 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 got Brian. But you're going to hire your chief financial officer. You're paying me? You're going to hire the best that you can for that position. I need my check, bro. They may even have more knowledge. They, they are going to have more knowledge of how to do that better than you. I didn't know you were paying me. But I'm I'm gonna need I'm gonna need I'm gonna need that check soon. Well, we need to run more programs. <laughs> Make sure you start signing people up. But as a as I'm gonna hire somebody that that is better with numbers than I am. Yeah. But here's the the most important thing about being the leader, it is building that team up to where they trust you and you trust them and and you know that they're they're doing what they say they're gonna do. But you also have just enough knowledge to be able to check in. Yeah. Guide. Accountability. Yeah. It's the accountability piece yeah. of you as a leader are responsible for that person, and it will fall upon you if something comes down from above. Like it, it will, it will be in your like your responsibility, and so you are to hold your people accountable. But in checking and making sure that your your that's where the knowledge is important. You don't have to be an expert at everything, but it is important to have a little bit of knowledge in every area of survival. Yeah. But it is important to mm-hmm. find your people that are experts because you're not going to be able to do it all by yourself. It's so important to have a little bit of knowledge in the areas of survival. Um, I've a little bit been playing devil's advocate this whole episode of, do we really need this, Ben? Um, And and people challenge you with that sometimes. Most people don't even challenge them. They're like, you know what, I'll I'll just die. And and I really have been hearing that a lot. I I was uh, was just at a funeral. um, And at the end of that, there was... um, a, an opportunity where we all got together and, and just kind of talk memories and, and talk stories. Right. And somebody asked what I did and I shared it. And that always starts that, that talk of, of their own demise, their mm-hmm. own death. Yeah. And there gets to be this certain age group that I talk to that they're like, honestly, I'm good. I, I just let me go. Yeah. And I wish, I, I wish that's how easy it would be. <laughs> I wish it would be just, yeah, just let me go. But there's, you don't want to die starving. You don't want to die of dehydration. You don't want to die of uh, an infection. Like those things are pain. They're acting like that. It's something's just going to sweep through, and right. they're just dead. Um, if that was the case, that's the best case scenario. Then great. But most of these people are. That's that's their cycle. That's their mindset of I just I'll just die and it'll be okay. Hopefully that happens. Yeah. Hopefully that. But your challenge is. If it isn't your time to die, and you haven't gained these skills, then between that moment when said event happens and when Jesus Christ has put an end to your life, he already knows the day. Absolutely, yeah. You, your time is going to be miserable between, now, between whenever that event happens and God's end to your life. If you have survival skills, it doesn't have to be miserable. You can yeah. prevent some of those. You can you can prevent the starving. You can prevent the freezing if you prepare and, and have the skills to do so. I look at it this way: I I don't want to be a parasite. Yeah. Well, and and there correct. will be people that would become parasites for your team. But we act like we get to decide when we're done. That isn't up to us. No, and, and I want to talk about death in just a moment. But I'm just talking about in this. If, if you're not thinking about it, or at least have an understanding about it. Um, then you better you better find a good team that's going to help you help you pull your weight. But what you can do is learn how to work with other people, be a servant. And if you do not want to learn these skills to better the team, to better the family, to better the the group of people, um, then be ready to be a servant. And the best way to do that is to ask, "How can I help?" Yeah. You ask the simple question, "How can I help?" And as long as you're willing to go do the work and hopefully be teachable in those moments, um, you're going to be a part of, of rebuilding a group, a team, a family, a home, uh, whatever that is, 
um, that will be the most important thing for you, and find peace in that. That's wi- that's yeah. That's but some wisdom there. Death. Yeah. Death isn't something that we're right um, that we get to decide in regards to um, when our day is in a normal flow. Right. Okay. So tonight, may- maybe my last. I don't know. Um, same goes for for all of us. And that's why when we teach survival, we want people to know you can never become so self reliant that you won't die. That's, that's, that's a mistruth and don't find peace in that. There's, there's a teaching out there in the survival world that's, you can plan ahead, you can be so prepared and you can know every skill there is that you don't die. Cause that's the definition of survival is do not die. die, And we want people to know that you're going to. And yeah. how do we delay it? We believe that we can delay that decay, and, and we are doing that as a society today. Um, we delay I mean, our uh, age, life age, life expectancy, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, it's a whole lot higher than it was yeah. 100 well, years ago. Give me your thoughts on this. Do you, we obviously, we we left good careers to do what we're doing now to teach survival skills to we don't just teach survival skills but that is one of the things that we teach and we left a structured financially stable job yes for sure we we sure did yeah um do you think and we're passionate about it enough so i i think i know your answer but i want you to just to kind of share a little bit why don't you think we see very many public schools even homeschool co-ops. Why don't you think we see this these survival skills incorporated into education of our youth? Yeah, the real, and do you think we should more? The real reason is is because we have taken Christ out of schools, but mm. it's because we don't discipline anymore. Um, I cannot go into a public school and teach a kid how to make a fire um, if I can't trust them. If I don't know that they're going to be able to listen to me. Mm. Um, so there are groups of, of kids that I won't teach certain things. Matter of fact, there'll be groups. We, we've had groups that my plan was to use knives. Um, they shown as a whole that I couldn't trust that they wouldn't do something with that knife that they shouldn't do. And we didn't use the knife. I did it. I went a different route. So why can't I take it in to the, why aren't public schools teaching this today? It's because these teachers are having a difficult time even just teaching math. They yeah. can't trust the kids to sit down and to listen and to get done what they need to get done. And if they can't do that, then, then what teacher that barely knows how to make a fire going to be able to go out and teach these kids, here's a fire. Then the fear comes in that now that I've taught on this. I feel like we just got into a whole other episode here. Well, it, it's a big, long talk there. That's why I think what you and I do is so important for the schools. Yeah. That we can come in and teach us, but see, it's done through team development. It's done through helping them learn how to be trustworthy, so that they are people can trust them. Let me, let me say this: we're, we're in Southwest Missouri. We're we're based out of Ozark. You and I went to Spokane High School in Spokane, Missouri, yes. small school. Um, I want to give them a shout out. Yeah, they are one of the only public schools who has reached out to us and has incorporated our programming into their summer school. Yeah. to their public school students. Most of our education to kids, we work with adults, all ages, all different kinds of businesses. But as far as public school students, Spokane has, they have taken a leap. And you know what? It's It's been really good. Um, they allow us to come in and set expectations for their students and hold them to it. We're able to do these these programs. What I would like to say is if you are watching or listening to this, I'm going to you know what? No matter where you're at, we'll find a way to make it happen. If you are part of a public school or connected to a public school any way, and you would like us to come in and incorporate survival and leadership and development with your students, please reach out to us. We believe that it should be, excuse me, we believe it should be more part of the education system. Yes, That is part of the reason we set out to do this. So uh, we would love to be a part of it. Whether you're two thousand miles away or you're right down the road, um, we will we'll find a way to make that happen. We'll we'll do the extra work, um, but we believe that students not only should be learning the discipline. I think what you just said, man, it cut me deep. It it kind of broke my heart. Like 
my parents literally, like, they were so disciplined in school, they literally were beat. Like, their teachers beat them. They hit them with rulers As kids, and sticks. Though, right. As kids, they were, I mean. But they could be taught anything. Most of them had shotguns of in it. their back windows of their trucks. They, After school got out, they were ready to go hunting, and they could right. have those things. The The reason it's different today is because of the lack of discipline, the lack right. of accountability. So we can't trust, we can't give... If you don't have discipline and there's no trust, then you can't give people privileges. And let me say, you discipline. have to start taking privileges. In away. our programs, we don't discipline. But it isn't the kid's fault. We hold account. We're going to set the expectations, and if they they don't follow those expectations, then they might not get to do. Or I may right. have to adapt for the entire group, and that's really hard to do when you're you're wanting to teach some of these really 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 fun mm-hmm. fun skills. Um, well, I mean. We're in our 30s, and this is just how rapidly this has changed. We're in our 30s, and we're, we were in junior high. The principal was still swatting kids. I mean, there was a paddle in the principal's office. Kids yeah. were still getting swats. Yeah, hung up, hung up, on, the hung up on the wall. Yeah. Uh, I don't hear of that today. That's completely gone, yeah. And, and, and there's such a lack of Yeah, we're that. getting older, but we're not that old. We're, we're just in our 30s, and, and, and it's been yeah. rapid. Right. It has and so that hard. is why yes. when you're getting into things that do present danger or require real attention, real skill, require trust from the educators, you have to leave those things out. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that if we continue down this path, generations to come are going to be, uh, <laughs> how do I say this PC? Well, I mean, not as smart. How do I say it PC? I do I mean, I used it earlier as parasites. That was the example I used earlier for that person. I know, but everybody can't be a parasite. Well, there's parasites for parasites. (laughs) But what I'm sharing is is that they will be... um, If we can't discipline our kids to teach them true life skills, from survival to managing bank accounts, if we can't do things to teach them because we don't trust them that they actually need in life, they're going to be dumb. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they'll have. I don't know how to say it. PC. They're going to be dumb. Well, they'll they'll have they'll learn the street smart side. I mean they'll learn that survival side to. But that's um, just using. That's parasite. That's where I'm saying it. It it isn't um, building and growing and thriving again. It's it's that it's kind of that that survival side of. I don't know how we got just, here from primitive skills. But yeah, yeah. You just struck just surviving a chord. instead of trying to thrive. Well, you yeah. struck a chord with me there with the discipline thing, and I just. But it's it's why it's not being taught today. It's why. But it is because we took Christ out of our schools. It, it um, just it's why we started this. It's why we started this and I just wish more people would latch on to it, man. I just wish more people Yeah. I, just teaching character qualities. Yeah. Character I, qualities. Mm-hmm. Um and, and then once those are established you can get into to gaining skills and, and, and then you you weave all that together and, and you get this you get this smooth, well rounded stone of a student and a person um that 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 isn't a parasite. Yeah. And I think we can provide that and, and it and it breaks my heart that we don't get to more But there are um, people called But I'm thankful for the opportunities that we do get. Yeah, there's people called to um Especially as Christians, we're called to take care of everyone, and so um, I don't want to belittle. I don't want to sound like we're belittling people by calling them a parasite. But there will be people within teams that won't pull their own weight. They won't. Yeah, won't that's do what things. you mean. They're, we're and, not. Yeah, we're correct. not parasites or bugs or worms. What and we still love is, them. We'll still help them. We'll still um, provide for them. We will. Yeah. We'll serve no matter what. But what you're saying is, prepare yourself. Do do your work. And, and don't always rely on other people to drag you along. Yeah, be ready. Yeah. Ask, how can I help? Um, that would be the, the first start of, of success, yeah. Sorry we got off track there, guys. I, is there, is there anything track. else you want to cover as far as primitive skills? I think that I would summarize you're going to say, yes, get the primitive skills. It, and, and my side would be, it can't hurt. It can't hurt. It can't hurt. Whether it's start, psychological or physical, yeah, you're going to get some Yeah, start today with, with learning how to use the tools around us. Right. Um, use what you have around you. Learn how to use that. And then once you accomplish that, move into some of the harder stuff, which are the primitive skills. Um, they're not something that you have to have ever, but it's 
more beneficial to have them for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And if there is any way that Ben and Brian, Meant to Be Outdoors, can serve you, if there's any way that we can, whether it's just guidance on <laughs> what what you need to do to find people in your area to help teach these skills, or or maybe it's us, maybe we can build something for you, please reach out to us. We are constantly looking for opportunities. Any door that God opens, we're going to step up into that opening and, and, and take a look in and, and see how we can be a service. So if, if you have made it all the way through this episode, which you have now if you're still listening or watching, um, I think there's probably a reason for that. I think God, I, I don't really believe in a whole lot of coincidences. I think God has brought you to this very moment for this very reason. Please reach out to us. Um, whatever you've heard that is connected to you from us today, we would love to discuss that further. m2boutdoors at gmail.com is a great way to reach us. We will answer any email that we get. Uh, you can follow along on social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You can direct message us on there as well. As as well, we, we put up some videos now and then of some of our adventures. We go do programmings or things that we do with our kids or some of just the adventures that, that you and I do as we go out and enjoy the outdoors. You can follow along on those social accounts as well. We thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. If you are a YouTube follower, uh, please like, follow, share, subscribe so that yeah. you get every episode. We've had a few people recently reach out to us and say, hey, can you can you send me a link? I, I, I'm thinking of so-and-so. I think they would like what you guys are talking about. That is how we grow. Yes. And we want to grow. My goodness, we're almost two years in. We're still doing this thing. Hallelujah. We're here, baby. Praise Jesus. Yes, and how we do that is, is people like you watching and listening, sharing with someone else that is on their mind. So please continue to do that for us. If you can, we, uh, just to be honest, we are in need of some financial support. Uh, we have set up a Patreon account. If you go to our Facebook or Instagram, there's a Linktree link uh, in our bio of those accounts. If you click on that, it will give you all the tabs to everything that we've got going on, really, in the virtual world. Uh, click on the Patreon one. You can go to that. You can become a Patreon. Uh, a patron, I guess would be the yep. term. Um, I think the options are $5, 10 or $25 a month you can give to us. Thank you for everybody that has giving. Mm -hmm. We have some people on there that have been giving for going into the second year now, and that means the world to us. Those people are out there working their butts off every single day in a, in a time when it's so hard to do that. And they've got mouths to feed and kids. Um, and they're, they are given to us just out of sheer service that you're talking about. Thank you so much. Um, if there's any way that you can do that, we really need the help. So, so please check the Patreon link out as well. Um, connect with us on all those accounts. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. We hope that between now and that time, you remember you are meant to be outdoors. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.